Okay. What's All right. Good? Should we start talking about Angel? <laughs> what? Angel's That's... a vampire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, I jumped ahead. That no was the one that comes after you ask me to read Corey again. I wasn't going to ask you that immediately. I was going to build up to it subtly. I appreciate that, Sugar Pie, really. It was never in the workplace. I Well, there was that one time with the, with the ballet and then the stripping and then the roundness, but that was a spell. In fact, I happen to be head boy. Gee, I wonder how you earned that nickname. A lot of effort, I don't mind saying. Cross obviously doesn't affect me or our friend the pugilist. Oh, your ass better pray I don't look that word up. Welcome to Sue Watches Buffy, the podcast where Em and Sue are watching Buffy. Sue's watching for the first time. And I am, am uh, seeing her through it. We're uh, watching Angel this week. We're in season four, slouching towards Bethlehem, supersymmetry, and spin the bottle. I'm Em. And I'm Sue. And I'm the guest, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hey. Yay. Matt has joined us before. I don't remember when. Did. Uh, I was to talk about Lullaby. That's correct. I yeah. am. That was my Last favorite season. one from season three, and this is probably my favorite from season four. It's been the bottle. That's a great one. Yeah, I uh, was reading today that... Uh, Joss Whedon and Alexis Denisoff did a commentary for this, and it's ranked in the 100 best commentaries of all time, like rank number 86. And I'm like, crap, do I have time to run to the library and rent it (laughs) and watch it? And the answer was no. (laughs) I wish I would have read the the wiki before that, because I would have really liked it. Oh, that... I think I would have liked it. I would have liked to have seen it in time for this to talk about it. But Right. Well. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that myself when we're done getting through Angel. Right. Just got some months left. Yep. We uh, we are anticipating finishing this by March uh, for Bates Motel. Remind people where they can find you on the internet, Matt. Well, I do my own podcast called Hooplecast, and that's a podcast about the television series Deadwood from way back when. Yeah, that's, it's a fun podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manubi along with you. Yeah, it's a it's a long podcast. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's about as long as ours are, but yep, we're usually discussing about three episodes. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Deadwood is quite meaty. It is. Right. It's, it's a dense show. So there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. But uh, oh, and it uh, it might come back. Is the is the rumor, really? Yeah. Like, is a series or a movie? They're saying movie, but I don't know if that means TV movie or theatrical release. I don't know what that what it means, but hmm. yeah, I've heard a few whisperings lately. 
So uh, it's a good it's a good time to um, to watch the show. If you're if you're listening to this, you've never seen Deadwood. Check it check it out on HBO Go, Amazon Prime. It's there for for free if you're a Prime member. Mm-hmm. And then listen to Hooplecast. Why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Emily sends in feedback sometimes. I do. Sometimes. And she's and she's guested. I have. Yep. And I'm working on getting caught up. I'm only a couple behind. So I've sent go. in way more feedback than you have for this show. Wait, this show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although you're a very good contributor to to Bates. Yeah, Bates. yeah. Well, the so. difference the difference is I've seen Angel before, you know, and, and Buffy. So I don't feel like I have much to contribute. That no, I, I understand. That. Where yeah, it's fascinating to hear from people who are watching Deadwood for the first time. Hmm. It's like true. Okay. What are their reactions like? That that I find to be the most interesting aspect of the intro cast formula, because we're re-experiencing the show through a new person's eyes. Yes, which is fun. So very that's fun. why I enjoy your your feedback, and that's why I haven't said feedback to you. It's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just I guess that's all right. <laughs> I guess so. Well, we do not have a cat's crypt today. Cat nope. is slacking when she needs to be not slacking. Hopefully, it's because she's watching so much. Buffy, she just is in a little Buffy vortex. Yes, we're trying to get cat caught up on Buffy so we can all watch the very final episode together. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, with B and me and Kat and M, so we told Kat, put Angel away. Watch Buffy. Get caught up on Buffy. <laughs> did we tell her that or did we just discuss it? I think I told her when oh. they were at my house last weekend. Okay. I imagine so. when Scout is old enough, you'll do a rewatch at that point. Yeah, she actually... Has been asking me when she can watch Buffy. Oh, has she? Yeah. <laughs> How cute. <laughs> so, all right. We got some angels. Indeed. Oh, we got feedback. Right. Okay. Do you want me to read Harold's and you read Raymond? Ray's? Raymond's. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Could be his name. Raymond's my father's name. I'm Ray. Well, that's what it says. It it says it's from Raymond Dorian. So I was like, I just said it because I read it. (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy. All right, so Harold says, I am confused because, as I recall, at the end of the last episode, Lauren ran ahead inside the hotel to use the bathroom. A few moments later, everyone else walked into the hotel and saw Cordelia. So why was it in slouching Lauren is the last one to enter the Hyperion? (laughs) He's right. (laughs) I didn't even think of that, but he's totally right. Why did they do that? I didn't notice. And I bet I'm not alone and just not noticing at all. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize that it had been. Wait, is kind of a... when they got back, Lauren had to go to the bathroom and ran into the... the hotel, and then they all walked in and saw Cordelia. Uh huh. So why didn't Lauren? I remember wondering that. Well, he really had to go. 
<laughs> yeah. Hi, Cordelia. But I really have to, I, I, you need to talk about where you've been, but I really have to Well, the way the episode was structured is she couldn't see him because it was too scary. They were worried that she'd... But it's just, why in the world did they have him need to go to the bathroom in the last episode and go in? Quick. That's true. Yeah, it would have been made more sense like he left something in the car or something. Uh, yes. Maybe he went and peed like in, the car. in one of the bushes in the courtyard. Mm. <laughs> I can't quite remember how it ends. The, so I don't remember the ending of The House Always Wins. I do. They pull up. They're walking through the courtyard. And Lauren says something like, I've been in the car for five hours. I got to pee. And he like runs past him. And then <laughs> you see them walk into the Hyperion and Cordelia's right there. Is there a conversation first in the courtyard? They're talking just i don't know i can't remember what they're talking maybe she pops back into existence uh between the moment where lauren goes into the hotel and before they go into the hotel that's possible but possible he comes you see i know i did notice that he does come through the doors or tries to after they've all discovered cordelia and it's a while because they figured out that she doesn't know, and they've already, Angel's already figured out that he doesn't want her to be startled by Lauren. Right. So they stop him from coming in. So. So it just, is weird. It is yeah, weird. It's weird. But, yeah. Interesting. I'm going with when he ran to go pee. He ran to a bush in the corner. Me too. That makes. <laughs> I don't know why he'd do that if he was home, but boys can be weird like that. <laughs> Especially boy demons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ones that were raised in Pylea. <laughs> that um, is well, that is a satisfying explanation. To me. <laughs> For well, some reason, he... he went to a bush. <laughs> is he staying in the hotel right now? Does he have a key to get in? Oh, he hasn't even been there in a long time, has he? That's right. He's been in Vegas for a few months. Okay, so he doesn't have a key. You would think that he left his keys when he left for Vegas. That's yeah. what you do. Do they even lock the front doors? Shouldn't they? They should, but I mean, I'm not it sure is they do. It is their business slash home. Right, it is <laughs> yeah. business. And, and they're in is, L.A. And they are fighting demons. <laughs> and there's Wolfram and Hart. Right. So <laughs> he went to a bush. He went to a bush. There you go, Harold. I hope that satisfies you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, in, okay. So I think he pees green. Right? <laughs> what color are sea breezes? <laughs> it's <Blue>. cranberry. <laughs> I thought it was blue. I don't know. I don't. I don't drink sea breezes. No, sea breeze is a vodka cranberry. I think that's a Cosmo. A Cosmo is gin and cranberry, isn't it? Cosmo is a martini. Okay, you're but, right. Vodka, cranberry, yeah. grapefruit. Yeah. Oh, that does sound. Isn't good. that a greyhound? A greyhound is without the cranberry. Okay. I was a bartender for like three years. I know these. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At an old men's club, an eagles, <laughs> an eagles lodge. It was great. I did my share of bartending and slinging drinks, but well, in Provo, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and Salt Lake, and in New York. 
Oh, that's true. Okay. I didn't bartend in New York, but I, I ran more drinks than I did in Provo <laughs> in that <laughs> nine months <laughs> than I did nine years in the Provo Country Club. <laughs> Lots of virgin finiculatas and decories. Nah, not at the Country Club. Oh. No, we had a lot of drinkers at the Country Club, actually. It says here a Cosmo is made with vodka, triple sec cranberry juice, and sweetened lime. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the triple sec. Oh, okay. Cosmos weren't... I mean, when I was bartending, we're talking it was like 93, 94, 95. Cosmos weren't in fashion. (laughs) Nope. That happened a few years later. But I was thinking they were basically a martini without... The vermouth. Mm. Seems like they're they're pretty similar. It's vodka. Basically, I knew they were pink and cranberry-ish. Yeah, I it's no what vodka cranberry, and then there's then the the difference between the sea breeze and the Cosmo is down to the tri- a couple other ingredients. The triple yeah, sack. the triple sack and the glass. <laughs> yeah, probably and the glass. I don't but... ever remember ever serving a sea breeze. Yeah, I did. I remember one of the ladies that drank at the Eagles Lodge. She liked him. So he pees red, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Another question asked and answered. (laughs) We're just solving these mysteries about Lauren. (laughs) Where he pees, what he pees. (laughs) We got it. (laughs) We got the big questions, guys. (laughs) And we are authorities. (laughs) <laughs> on the bathroom habits of Lorne. of demons <laughs> is there a, like a t-shirt of Lorne like just tipping a glass going sea breeze question mark because that would be a very fun t-shirt to wear that... <laughs> it would <Yeah>. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay, so... How did we get on that? Because of Harold's question. (laughs) Okay, back to Harold's email. Um, I love the scene where Cordelia went through all of the pictures of her many, many, many many hairstyles that she had on the show. She correctly picked the worst one to complain about. Yes, she did. Yes. I enjoyed Lauren's comedic exit after he read Cordelia. So what did he see? I'm going to avoid spoilers, but Sue, you should come back to this in another month or so after you've seen the rest of the season and try to figure out which event Lauren foresaw. Hint. I don't think it was the Cordy slash Connor kiss. Ah, ah, That was so gross. Oh. Uh, I shudder. Ah, oh, just made me shudder. Um, I'm still shuddering. I know. Every time I see it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Since this is episode four, I guess that means that we are due for the beginnings of some season-long plot arcs. And so right on time, we are getting relationship problems between Fred and Gunn, Angel and Cordelia, and Wesley and Lila. (laughs) I have a hard time buying the professor's motives in Supersymmetry. He is supposedly so competitive with his grad students, that he ships all the good ones to another dimension? Really? Wouldn't good grad students help his reputation? 
This bothers me so much, too. Yeah, I even wrote down, why is he doing this? And I thought competition was just so stupid that I was, like, looking for another reason. (laughs) No, I think it's pretty explicitly said that it's because they're the smart ones and he doesn't. Yeah. That, that, but it doesn't make any sense. No. When it comes to academia, that is the opposite. That's what a professor wants or right. good students like that. Those are it, all feathers in his cap. Exactly. The more, you know, students you taught that go on to do great things is. You can that's take. all on you. You get to yeah, take the credit. You get to you be get to take credit. It. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was, I don't know. It's far better than a professor that never has a student worthy of anything. Right. He says, why doesn't he save that for his department rivals or for professors at other more prestigious schools where he can create a job opening for himself or those pesky, brilliant grad students he can't wait to get rid of? Yeah, really. Put his <laughs> put other professors in those dimensions. Well, I'm going to say he's stupid and he's insecure and he's that dumb. He's yeah. that dumb that he's sending all of his good students. <laughs> he, he couldn't come up with a scheme like that to save his life. <laughs> um, he says, what I did like about it was that it set up some typical Whedonverse choices about how to deal with this professor. It definitely created problems for Fred and Gunn's relationship. She was pretty unhappy with him even though he killed the professor, which was exactly what she wanted earlier in the episode. I think it's because he did it, not her. I think that pissed her off. Yeah. Or is it just the classic, we have a secret and it's bad, and I saw you a certain way? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of that. It's also possibly she wanted him dead, but she probably couldn't have gone through with it. And then once he's actually dead, it's like, oh, wow. Right. I thought I'd feel better, but now I feel worse. Exactly. Well, I thought she was going to send him into that dimension alive. Yeah, I think she was. But I think it wasn't the Pileo dimension. It was some that I think probably meant certain death. Right. I think Gunn implied that. It's as good as killing him. So why did but Gun... that is that would feel different to you probably, or at least you could talk yourself out of it than just snapping a neck. You know, it's a yeah. different thing. I don't know. Kind of a blood on your hands ordeal. If it causes problems between Fred and Gun, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be. <laughs> And for the record, I am too. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Because I was wondering if they were like a favorite couple of people and of, you know, watchers. And I'm like, eh, I just don't like them together. You know, I've never minded. Well, I minded on my first watch because I was seriously wanted her and Wesley. Same. Yeah, I think we all were. And so he was kind of an interloper that I was like, you are not <laughs> you're not Wesley. I don't approve of you, young man. <laughs> Wesley is really sad right now. <laughs> yes, I do not approve. Well, those feelings came back up watching the supersymmetry, like the 
the Wesley and Fred scenes, I was like, they they make a good couple. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so Okay. Um he says, I love the reveal that there are people following Angel's adventures online, but I hate the chatty room joke. Yeah, that was dumb. I um, wouldn't say hate, but it was stupid. It was dumb. It fell flat. Oh, I liked it. <laughs> oh. I think he could have said chat room. And that would have been okay. Talk about me and the chatty. I didn't like it when Angel was like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> They talk about me in the chatty rooms. <laughs> it's like, you're such a nerd. <laughs> See, I like the sentiment behind it. I just didn't think he needed to say chatty. But I haven't thought much about it till Harold just said that. <laughs> but yeah, hate is too strong for how I feel about it. Yep, same. Um... He says, so far this season, we've had Angel stalking Connor, Lila stalking Wesley, Wesley stalking Fred, and Connor stalking everyone. <laughs> there is a lot of stalking going on here. <laughs> uh, spin the Bottle is a lot of fun, and it was nice to get an episode with our old klutzy Wesley. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> I even, didn't I even text you, Em? Like, oh, yeah. Hey. We had quite a conversation. <laughs> that is so chock full of references to previous Buffy and Angel episodes that it should come with an annotation or pop-up balloons to remind us of things like the <laughs> cruciamentum in Helpless. I love the idea of it like pop-up video. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Someone should do that. <laughs> These little pop-up balloons in the episode, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that, I like that idea. I do too. Um, he says, I am not a big fan of Jealous Connor, especially when he knew how Angel and Cordelia felt about each other in the finale of season three. I just wish they found something else for Connor to do than lurk around lust after Cordelia and hate Angel. Yeah, Connor's pretty one note. He needs to get more interesting. <laughs> 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 That's me saying this. <laughs> yeah, I... I concur. And Pete Campbell, where'd all that hair come from? I'm used to him being uh... <laughs> balding. <laughs> yeah, I was balding. Which they are doing. They did. Uh, yeah, they shaved him. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he's got quite the head of hair. But yeah. he, yeah, he. I like the point, although I don't. Is he just like a big raging ball of hormone teenage boy? Is that what they're trying to convey here in these few episodes? Um, uh, yes, it's got to be. Yeah, because it, it is annoying. I know he hates Angel, but he is rather possessive of his father's for lack of a better word, girlfriend. <laughs> Love interest. I don't know what you'd want to call her when they parted ways. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He hates his dad. He's 18. Cordelia's beautiful. She kissed him. 
you know. Yeah. I don't think he cares that he knew that his dad was in love with her. Nope. He's just taking advantage of her having amnesia. Um, he says, I did not have Lauren down in the Grateful Dead quote pool. Transitive Nightfall of Diamonds. Did anyone? <laughs> I knew that that was something. But I'm like, I do not know that reference. But it's Grateful Dead. That's Yeah, from a dark star. Yeah, I wouldn't have put him down. I mean, you know, like no. Smokey Robinson quote pool. Yes. <laughs> Grateful Dead? No. <laughs> I don't know. He's a... Uh... He hears a lot of music. <laughs> maybe, maybe he read Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of that song. But I'm not the biggest Grateful Dead. Dark Head. Stars. It, it's. Would I recognize if I heard it? I don't. Probably not. Oh. It's a. It's a favorite among you know like Deadheads and stuff, but. Oh. I don't think it's one that a casual Grateful Dead listener would, would hear. That's what I would be. Yeah. Um, this is the second time that they have done a film noir narration thing on Angel. The other one was in Shroud of Ramon. And while it was fun to see, I'm not sure of the need for it. What audience was Lauren telling it to? Caritas has been destroyed. Would any audience care about it, especially the vague way he did it? I'd rather hear him sing. So interesting enough, from the wiki, I gleaned that um, he's talking to us because when it it's it says it's breaking the fourth wall. He does break the fourth wall a couple times. Yeah. And the part where he walks off stage and it's empty, uh-huh. that's supposed to be kind of like he was talking to us. We were the audience. That makes sense. Yeah, and I am kind of a I'm kind of a fan of it. I kind of liked it. I even wrote that wrote it down. I was like, I like I like the storytelling device. I don't like the idea of it being like some sort of caritas, and he just like shows up and tells a story to a bunch of strangers. But I I kind of like the thought, and I, they they don't need to do it ever again or a lot. No, that's but a... just doing that once, just kind of a narration to the audience in a different way. I'm I'm okay. I like it. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. And fourth wall breaking, if you don't do it too much, is a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, he even stops in the middle of action and says something. Like, while he, like, wakes up out of his unconscious, says something to the camera, and then goes back. Yeah, yeah. Are you not a fan, Matt? I'm I'm not really a fan of that framing device. I mean, it gives us more Lorne, which is great. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but it gives us less Wessie. <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind of sad at the end, but when he walks off stage and whatever, and I don't know. I I could have done without it. All right. I would rather hear him sing too, though, Harold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was just, I don't know, fun. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. But like Em said, I don't want to see it all the time. No, no. I guess that's my problem is that I rewatched this episode and I enjoy most of it. And I, every time I watch it, I like that part less. Mm. Whereas the first time, I'm sure I was fine with it. But. Gotcha. Uh, um, 
And then he ends with, what was the demon eye thing that Cordelia saw when her memory was restored? It seemed like she was the only one who saw it. I don't think that was from the powers to be. Yeah, what was that? There is an explanation for it, but you don't get to know yet. <laughs> we know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have theories? She... Well, was she seeing like angel as that? Is kind of the theory I have. Like, oh, like when she saw what's his name, Gru, in that vision. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that was a weird thing because that was like seeing a vision and just that was like seeing a vision. Him. I'm thinking back more like um, Angel in Pylea, how he looked. Mm-mm. So okay. much more like a demon in that dimension. I was just wondering if she was seeing him as that demon for That would make sense at the end reason. why she just needed to get away from him. Yeah, so that's... Or just theory. distance herself. Yeah. So yeah, that's my theory. I'm sure we'll expound on some of your theories at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yep. So, Do you want to read his PS in the next? Oh, that's right. He did have a PS. PS, spin the bottle. I forgot to mention that this is yet another spell gone wrong episode, but Lauren said it first. Harold. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wrote something about that down in my notes. <laughs> I'm like, who's his client? Willow? that would be awesome yep so thanks Harold yeah thanks Harold alright we have one from Raymond (laughs) you're right that is what his email says (laughs) (laughs) alright first off before I get into each episode, I just want to start by saying that anything that happened in these three episodes where Cordy and Connor kiss or sleep in the same bed or anything like that is just you. <laughs> and that's all I really have to say about it. <laughs> Agreed. I like to imagine that if Ray sends an email in like shorts and a t-shirt, he's Ray, but if he puts on a suit, he's Raymond. I like to think that too. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> we're gonna call this one raymond he's all dressed up (laughs) for this email (laughs) all right slouching toward bethlehem this episode feels like a lot of setup to me it basically just sets up that cordy has amnesia and that something bad and evil is coming kind of a slow episode in my opinion Supersymmetry. I really like this episode. I'm a big Fred fan, so I love getting to know her, know more of her backstory and how she was before she got sent to Pylea. Fred is nerdy, smart, and kind of frail looking, but I think that Amy Acker really plays her with a sort of inner strength that I really think shows through. And I thought that the show brought up some really interesting and heavy themes towards the end of the episode. Fred was dead set on vengeance and killing the professor. I think that Gunn rightly argues that if Fred commits premeditated murder, that there is no going back for her. Is getting vengeance on the professor worth the toll that it would take on Fred going forward? Gunn wants to protect Fred from the hurt that he knows will come, will continue to plague her after the professor is dead. So in the end, he does the noble thing by taking that burden away from Fred and killing the professor before Fred does. So now... Fred doesn't 
have to carry the burden by committing murder, but she feels like Gunn took something away from her because she felt like she had to be the one to kill the professor and no one else. She felt like she needed that vengeance to finally fully move on from her five-year exile in Pylea, and now she will never get that chance. That seems like it's going to be a pretty big blow to Fred and Gunn's relationship. And something that I don't know if they will be able to overcome. Gunn may have saved Fred from herself, but in doing so, he might have doomed their relationship. It's also obvious that Wesley still has a thing for Fred, and he is still keeping tabs on Angel and the gang. Yeah, it looks like Raymond <laughs> feels like I do. Um, but yeah, I'm never, I've already said this, but I'm never a big fan of Vengeance. Mm -mm. And I think it's a sad thought to think that she needed that vengeance and the fact that Gunn did it. Like, it it really kind of surprised me that she went that route, frankly. Well, we got some more dark Fred. <laughs> the kind of Fred that like got Connor with that cattle prod thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was surprised at that, too. <laughs> I mean, I can see having those thoughts at first, but then just letting it go. It, the weirdness in their relationship now, at this point, seems to be a little more like we have an uncomfortable bad secret. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this in play out in other movies and TV shows. I can't say for sure I have in real life, but that bad secret you share just kind of poisons a relationship. A lot of movies are based on that, like yeah. I can't kids think of accidentally anything. killing someone and hiding the body and stuff, you know. That's right. party gone wrong. <laughs> Dead stripper. Oh, yeah. What, what is that? that movie? Bad things, very bad things. <laughs> that was a little... Oh, I, I wasn't talking about a movie. Oh. Oh, <laughs> there is a movie. I know I saw it. <laughs> Matt's had some. Matt's got a Matt's got adventures. <laughs> we, we won't ask. <laughs> I want to say that it's sort of like uh, Fred and Gunn are just. She she. She was hoping that this would bring her some sort of peace, or it would make her experience less traumatic or some sort of catharsis, but there wasn't any. Right. She's still living with the trauma of it. It didn't bring her anything. It just made her, it just kind of brought it back. Yeah, she does it, seem traumatized still. Well, and I, I think that is kind of the main problem with vengeance anyway, is that it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. help. It doesn't help the trauma, you know? Right. Like, a parent killing the guy that killed their child doesn't bring their child back, you know? I right. mean, I, I can't imagine that it satisfies them at all, you know? I think it, you have to go into into vengeance thinking, like, this is not going to make me feel better, but I'm doing it because he needs to be stopped so he doesn't hurt somebody else. Right, some and sort of, If you yeah. have that awareness, like it's not going to make me feel any better. And then it surprise it doesn't then, it, then vengeance has its sort of purpose. I suppose. Vengeance to me though, is more of a blinded by rage thing. 
Right. And it seems very it, personal. Like, I don't, I don't yes. know. If it people can are... be premeditated over, you know, a long amount of time, but I think that person loses themselves in the vengeance. Right. And it becomes something that blinds everything else. They've had this debate on, on these shows before where uh, why don't we kill humans? I think uh, – was it last season on Buffy? Warren, Jonathan, Andrew were doing very bad things and I guess Willow wanted to kill them and Buffy says we don't kill humans. Well, why not? Sometimes humans do really, really terrible things. Things are as bad or worse than demons. Mm-hmm. So why is there this, this line where, yeah, they can kill the demon that's doing something bad but they can't dispatch the professor who's been hurting people? Well, I think... If he was a think, demon professor, they would, would they feel so bad? I think Buffy looks at it different because she feels that she is a slayer whose sole purpose is to rid the world of these supernatural beings. It doesn't, she says, it doesn't give her a ticket to right every wrong. It her purpose is for demons, vampires, and things like that. And I think she states that one of these times. Yeah. Sometime in season six, I think she did. And so I think Buffy looks at it different because angels killed humans in Angel, right? He kills bad humans. I don't think he, he has the same... He trapped some lawyers in a wine cellar. Yes, he sure did that. <laughs> I don't think Angel looks at it the same way Buffy does, or the show and the person. I also think that in this universe, you you can't just let the police take somebody like the professor or magic users or pe- people who have supernatural powers or the right. civilian world. They're, they're just not equipped no. right, right. to... To with kid gloves treat these guys with kid gloves. You you gotta if if it means snapping a guy's neck and throwing him into the portal, saying goodbye, professor. Uh, that's what you gotta do because the guy is a monster. He's he's murdering people or inflicting a massive amounts of trauma on them. Right, so and on a show that I don't feel bad that Fred and Gunn did what they did. I don't either. In the show's perspective, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. He needed to be stopped, and you can't rightly. You know, you're right. You can't go to the police and say, this guy is slinging people into other dimensions because he doesn't want them to succeed past him. (laughs) Yeah. And they'll say, well, first of all, no professor would do that. (laughs) (laughs) That does not make sense. That's how how their grad students reflect upon him. (laughs) (laughs) And second of all, they'd say, what are are portals? What are you talking about? You need to see a doctor. You're a crazy person. <laughs> I'm going to go get the net. <laughs> By that, I mean butterfly. The big butterfly net. So, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem, really. I think he should have been dispatched with. Um, I think so. I mean... I don't, it, the way Fred went about it was weird and looked. it looked like it opened up something bad in her Mm -hmm. maybe she needs to deal with. Yeah. I, I have no problem with them throwing him in it. She should have, well, I guess I don't know how to open Pylea. I was going to say she should have just set him in Pylea. Oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. 
That's that would have been poetic justice. Yes. Exactly. Are they going to be concerned at all about his other grad students? They had like a list of the ones that went missing. Uh, some of them that, may have been killed, but you know, I was wondering that too. She was just <laughs> enslaved. Are they going to uh, follow up on that? Maybe. I was wondering that myself. Like, are they going to try and figure out like what? dimensions he sent those other girls to and get them back or well i or... think it's quite possible as pilea didn't we have an extended conversation when we talked about pilea how there were humans there and we're like where'd these humans come from that's true <laughs> there's a bunch of humans on pilea <laughs> that little army of humans right and they, how did they get there <laughs> how did they all get all the cows i mean they have all these cows mm-hmm. so i think it's perfectly acceptable that they were all in pilea yeah. Gru is portal hopping. Yeah. Right? So maybe Gru will come back with them. Maybe they just. Maybe they we need to see run... him again. Fred needs to run an underground railroad between our <laughs> Earth and Pylea. <laughs> Fred has had enough. She needs to be the Harriet now, Tubman of, <laughs> of <Yeah>. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Those would be interesting stops. <laughs> yep. Okay, I guess I should get back to the email. <laughs> I don't even know where I was. Uh, oh, yeah, I finished that sentence. Okay. Spin the bottle. Just a hilarious episode and one of my favorites. I think that the obvious comparison is the Buffy episode to Bula Raza, which I also love. Just so many funny jokes from Wesley being head boy to Fred being sad that she doesn't have poops. <laughs> <laughs> Her delivery was adorable. Uh-huh. Apparently I'm not gonna. <laughs> Too many good lines to name them all. One thing that I am really happy that we were spared from was David Boreanaz's Irish accent. Oh, I was so happy too. Was it, do you think they did that on purpose? <laughs> I like, they nope. had to have. <laughs> David, we're not going to put you through that again. Yep. <laughs> and they're all like, <laughs> okay, did he buy it? <laughs> <laughs> Was anyone else surprised that Fred seems to have been a bit of a pothead back in her teenage years? Yes. <laughs> that was funny. Even though the teenage stuff is so funny, there are some dark moments as well. I'm specifically thinking about Gunn warning Wesley not to pursue Fred. Actually, that whole conversation was pretty intense with Gunn asking Wesley what happened to you and Wesley saying that he got his throat slit and his friends abandoned him. Ouch. Finally. Favorite lines. Mm -hmm. The whole show. What happened to you? My throat was cut and my friends abandoned me. Oh, it's great. It was great. It's great. Finally, that last scene with Angel and Cordy where he asks if they were in love breaks my heart every time. Just devastating. Raymond Doria. <laughs> he signed it Ray, but I just... We've... Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond Doria the third. <laughs> and what school did you attend? <laughs> Dartmouth. <laughs> I like to think that Raymond went to Dartmouth and Ray. <laughs> Ray went to State. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like UC Berkeley, or Penn State. We all had a separate part of college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Thanks, Raymond. <laughs> Will you be next next time? We don't know. <laughs> Just have to see. Depends on our mood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks. All guys. right. Thank you all. Depends on our mood. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> None of your business. We decide. <laughs> okay. Let me see our stats here. Yep. Okay. In this set, we have, of the season, we have number Two, number 18, and number 19. <laughs> okay, well, number two is spin the bottle. Yes. I'm pretty confident there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go 18 is super symmetry, and 19 is slouching toward Bethlehem. Oh, so close. Ah. Close, but nope. Slashing towards Bethlehem gets a slot higher. One slot higher. <laughs> Three slots in overall. Angel, oh, yeah? number 85. Supersymmetry is 88. Hmm. Okay, so slashing toward Bethlehem is 85. Uh-huh. There are some episodes on this list that are higher than supersymmetry that I would not put higher than supersymmetry. I think it's a fine episode. No. I like learning. I like, I didn't expect, and I liked learning why Fred was, that there was a backstory to Fred going to Pylea. Mm -hmm. I just, if this episode, I mean, if, yeah, if this episode hadn't happened, I would just assume that she opened up some random library book and read it out loud and went to Pylea. Exactly. There's a, the fact that there was a backstory was like, wow, that's cool. And I thought it was an interesting way to do it. In. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like you said, I wasn't expecting to get anything about that. So mm -hmm. I like that this traumatic event has resonance for the series and for Fred, that it's not just a little arc and then she had a little bit of insanity when she came back. It's like we're we're still dealing with it, and this is what trauma is like. It, it right. It resurfaces, and it feels very real. I like that too, because so many shows just ignore big stuff like that. Like yeah, it's dealt with. Never talking about it again. You know, almost like they want to pretend it never happened a lot right. of the time. Right. So, all right, so slashing toward Bethlehem. My first note is Connor helping the family at the beginning was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, man, that guy burned up fast. <laughs> I wrote, thanks for saving us from vampires, kid. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> Probably because they didn't think him at all. <laughs> yes, yes, that must be it. <laughs> they treated him like dirt. Yeah. Well, and 
I think they were confused and scared and maybe I, my headcanon decided that they must have thought maybe he was with them, even though he killed them all. But that's not cool. I just thought the whole thing was dumb, especially, so it's obviously a mom and dad and the son, because I believe the kid is even yelling for his dad or something, and Connor looks in the window and says, is this your family? Or something like that. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing out here by yourself? <laughs> Creepy <nowhere>. creeper? <laughs> I know. It's like, of course it's a family, you dumbass. <laughs> hey, he's never seen families before. He was in a hell dimension. Gonna say, he's very interested in families. Because he doesn't have one. And he, I get that, but I don't know. That was dumb. It was possibly not, I mean, obviously, I can assume Sue gleaned from that, that he's interested in families and kind of was looking wistfully at the fact that they were a family and he wanted to save them. Or am I giving you too much credit? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was just Connor would have killed those vampires whether there was a family there or not. Okay. That's, I just figure he hates vampires so much that he... All right, well, I just gave you a one-up on the <laughs> on Connor's angst. <laughs> You're ahead of the game. So does there need to be a scene every episode in which Connor saves some randos in, like, a random part of L.A.? Because <laughs> it certainly seems like that's, this is happening a lot. Even in Spin the Bottle, an episode I like a lot, there's a scene where he saves a girl. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't even like, get he, free. He, he doesn't even get his reward. Oh, <laughs> That lady was not very generous. We just got a feedback from B. Oh. Aren't there nicer parts of L.A. that he can be in? <laughs> not a down-and-out kid that... <laughs> Is living on the streets because his dad kicked him out. His vampire dad kicked him out. <laughs> single vampire dad. Is this has got to be like season five of single oh, vampire. Single vampire dad gets really dark. It gets really dark in season five. <laughs> Did you guys watch any of Vampire Dad, the actual series of Single Vampire Dad that I found from the UK? No. Did you? <laughs> No. I watched part of it. And? Is yeah, it better than a... ours? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, of course not. <laughs> but it does exist. It does and exist. Ours, and ours doesn't. So that's... <laughs> it's got one up on us. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, about half our audience just went, oh, I remember Matt. <laughs> 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 Matt was like you should have mentioned that in your when I asked if where people could find you like I'm co-creator of Single Vampire Dad you will deserve a third of the royalties <laughs> or you'll be hearing from my lawyer right. <laughs> it's unfortunately all out on the internet all the proof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we wouldn't have a case. 
<laughs> no, but... Mormons are nice. <laughs> we totally give you your third. <laughs> we'll take 10% first. <laughs> no, that would come. He has to. He mm-hmm. gives the ten percent. Oh, or it's not worth anything. Okay, should we take a little break and read bees? Yep. Okay, I'll read it. I got it right here. Um, so we just got feedback from B. She says, "Hey guys, bibbity bobbity bip, Connor sucks." Slouching <laughs> <laughs> uh, toward Bethlehem. Gee, not a terribly clear title. Something to do with a reluctant messiah, champion, deliverer, I'm guessing. Sounds like Angel will have a lot to do with it. I will uh, teach you guys a little bit about slouching towards Bethlehem at the end. Oh, good. Okay. Um, Is this the episode where Connor was spooning Cordy and had his hand on her boob? (laughs) (laughs) Get a grip, dude. (laughs) Uh, Really? (laughs) A grip? (laughs) Yeah, really. I don't is it this one? I'm sure I have a note about it. Um it is, yeah, because okay. I see my note right now. <laughs> <laughs> um she is a new much older men. Although I'm sure he didn't have any romantic outlet outlets in Cortoth. Cor- is that how you say it? Yeah, Cortoth. He is way too angsty. Sucks that Wolfren and Hart decided to brain suck Lauren, but thankful they didn't kill him. I'm getting sick of gun and is where do I fit in whining? <laughs> Obviously you're needed. Isn't that enough? Maybe he's feeling a little unspecial since he's not a vampire with the soul, a higher being, a former watcher, a physics mastermind, or an empath even. And he didn't grow up in a hell dimension. Well, that's, well, that one's probably debatable. <laughs> he needs but to have a long talk with Xander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> But is he just having an identity crisis or what? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have more to say on that when we talk about supersymmetry. Okay. About his whining or just looks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just looks. <laughs> um, she says, supersymmetry. Fun to see Fred in her element. Uh, it's looking like Wesley's affiliations still lie with the Angel Investigations team and possibly still his heart with Fred. I'm not a huge fan of guns. Let me continue to protect your innocence campaign. Maybe that is his one form of identity, but he is not good at letting his woman have the spotlight. Reminds me a bit of Farm Boy and Buffy. <laughs> Fred's a big girl who took care of herself in a hell dimension and she can decide to send her serial killer professor to hell if she wants. Although pure vengeance is not the answer. They've taken out evil people with terrible intentions before, haven't they? What makes this stupid professor any different? Well, I'm not sure if the conversation we had about that is going to occur before or after we read this. Um, I like the nerd who took all the pictures and got interrogated. I'm glad Cordy is having the sense to stop Connor in his tracks. There's a picture on my wall of you as a baby, and it's only eight months old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that puts things in perspective. (laughs) Um, 
Spin the bottle. Not nearly enough kissing, especially not of the Angel Cordelia variety. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping her feeling that they were in love would resolve quickly. I love this whole storyline spell gone wrong episode. Lauren's retelling was a lot of fun. So much fun to have, see Wesley as the head boy of the Watchers Academy. <laughs> and how unsure yet pompous he could still be. Fred is a conspiracy theorist, nerd, Cordia's head bitch, and Angel as an Irish sinner with daddy issues. Gun's grumpiness wasn't terribly impressive. I was afraid slash hoping that Wesley's wrist weapons would come out and accidentally stab Gun at some point. But alas. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I will say, I thought Gun did a good job with his slang and his streetiness. Probably the best that's ever been on the show. (laughs) They fired the BYU guys. (laughs) (laughs) The BYU writers. Or Gun's like, listen up. It's just me now. (laughs) Leave it to me. (laughs) I'll just improvise. Yes. (laughs) Um, She says, dying to find out what Cordy remembers and if any of it is from her time as a higher being. Is she still? Was that... Chip, whose eyes flashed onto the screen? Was that Chip? I think she means Skip. Oh, okay. I'm like, who's Chip? Skip. Okay. Don't you insult Skip. <laughs> I love you. Skip. <laughs> I just did. I was like, who's Chip? <laughs> Chip is his brother. <laughs> I'm Skip, and this is my brother, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing whatever is slouching toward them involves her having to save Connor and her being a key player in general. Um, Likes. Mostly from the last episode. I just watched it and don't remember the others too well, but there was some loud giggling moments. Mm-hmm. Fred trying to do the karate to see if she had any wrist rip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fred being a badass and taking matters into her own hands. Um, The line about, I'm rooting for the slave. <laughs> oh that was pretty gutsy yep opening a portal through a text angel's having the demon's head in his hand and saying come on come on (laughs) i'm holding your head (laughs) turns out he had nine lives (laughs) Um, dislikes gun connor pretty much everything gun did pretty much everything connor did (laughs) (laughs) Good episodes. I'm so excited for more. <laughs> Thanks, B. I like her dislikes. I'm with you. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed because I, I've liked Gun, but he's slowly not liking. You know. Yeah, maybe it's uh, suffering from the cordy. I mean, no, not Cordy. From the, like, Buffy Angel syndrome. (laughs) Together, it's just not good. Yeah, that... And maybe apart, they'd be better. Don't know. Yeah, I think it's that. And... Is this his third season now? Did he... He shows up. I don't... No, I think he shows up at the end of season one. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't seem to have grown all that much. I mean, I don't know. I liked him when he and Wesley were like 
friends. Like, Same. They were they were people from opposite corners of the world, but they had a rhythm that was kind of dorky but fun. Like, and I've said this on my own podcast. I love it. I love relationships with people who don't seem like they should be friends, but they Same. find some sort of common ground, and that's I love that kind of thing. And yeah, I remember Sue mentioning all the time, just loving those two together. And, yeah, yeah, every time. And I remember even saying, as soon as I realized that they both were falling for Fred, I think I even said, I really hope this doesn't ruin their friendship. Yeah, you did. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> And that's the other thing is we feel bad for Wesley because he's on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he made, uh, he made some bad calls. <laughs> but... <laughs> understatement but it it makes gun seem mean it does and yeah it made their little scene together and spin the bottle all the more poignant mm-hmm. remembering those two and how they were total bros right i mean they were yeah i miss the gun and i'm really bummed that that fred had to come between them like that I wish I hadn't done that because I think that was a good, that was a good duo right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring back um, the redhead. Virginia. Oh yeah, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I liked her too. Yeah, I'll take Virginia over Lila. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I'm not a fan of Lila and Wesley. Nope. All right. Well, thanks, B. Thanks, B. Thanks, B. (laughs) (laughs) You got in without us uh, having to... To edit it back in or something. Yeah. We didn't have to call each other and read it and then splice it in (laughs) from a separate call. (laughs) Like we've done before. (laughs) So okay, okay. So back to searching toward Bethlehem. Yeah. Um. So I look Russian to you. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. Cordelia thought she was a spy. <laughs> yeah, it's like something her brain could comprehend. Mm-hmm. Something in her world at that time. I thought it was cute that Angel remembered what shoes she wore to the ballet. Oh, the ballet. I I, I get a little mama bearish with Angel in these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Spike would appreciate him in the bed. No, Spike, <laughs> Spike wouldn't want Angel in the mama bear bed. So I'll just have to mama bear him on my own. He gets, he gets the couch. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I bringing up the ballet. And he's like, it just it was really sad because it's like such a obviously a very special memory to him. Oh, yes, <laughs> he's brought it up more than once. Yes, he has. <laughs> and it's just it was pretty special. It's like, it it would be rough, you know. I really empathize with him this time around watching. How really? frustrating would would it be to be in that situation? Yeah, putting yourself in his shoes. Yeah, 
and that how be- he must be feeling just really thinking about it. I mean, to him, they were about to get together that night. You know, it, it was pretty clear that they were. Mm-hmm. He spends six or three months at the bottom of the ocean. That's, you know, that's a lot. Of, he had a lot of time to sit and think about them, thinking that she's panicked with worry for him. Right. Not knowing that she was gone. And then comes back to find that she disappeared at the same time. So he's got that panic. And then finding that she, it just, it goes on and on. And now she doesn't remember him and doesn't remember all these little moments they had that were special to him. That would be rough. Yes. And, you know, that happens in real life with, you know, amnesia is not as common, but things like Alzheimer's are. And it's tough. Yeah. The people yeah, he needs that... a hug. He needs a hug. He needs a little couch on my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It is. It is. I'll take Spike out for ice cream if you want. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> we'll talk well, about like, the movies and... <laughs> So, Spike, what have you been watching? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then I I laughed about looking at all the different hairstyles. (laughs) That was funny. That was in the wiki, something about that. I guess, I think Charisma Carpenter hated that haircut. (laughs) So she gave that a Yikes. Yeah, it was a pretty bad haircut. It was bad. And it was only one episode. (laughs) 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 I thought it was odd that the Sunnydale kids signed their yearbooks after the school burnt down and all that happened. (laughs) Yeah, when did they do that? When did they get together? (laughs) All right, guys, let's all have a big yearbook signing party. (laughs) Yeah, that continuity wise that doesn't work does it <laughs> not really <laughs> and I thought it was weird that Angel and Cordy almost kiss while they're sitting there on the bed was that just do you know the scene I'm talking about yeah um, I think on Angel's here's an interesting thing Going over to spin the bottle the first time she sees him, she says salty goodness, which is of what Cordelia says in Buffy in season one, the first time she ever sees Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't do that this time, <laughs> but I guess she was just really confused. <laughs> <laughs> but she finds him very attractive on a base level. So... I yeah. I, think on, I think on his part it was very natural, sure, because that's where he still is. Right. I was just, I just think it's odd on her part. Maybe she was just having an intimate moment. I don't know. A little odd on her part. It was a little odd. And I'm supposing that's what B meant when not enough kissing, because <laughs> they almost did. They really did. Mm-hmm. Angel and his mason jars of blood cracked me up. <laughs> oh, that was funny. 
That whole scene where she's like kind of spying on him and they look up and they do that little wave and she's like, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, Gunn and Fred just need to stop talking. <laughs> How many times now have they been talking to each other and gotten in trouble? Because <laughs> someone over, it's at least three times. Yes. I remember it happening after the Connor Beach thing. They did it again. And I don't remember who it was to. But someone overheard them again talking to each other and then just again. They just need to stop. So they should just not talk to each other? Yep. That seems like an awful big ask. <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe, other, maybe other people can stop eavesdropping. Maybe. <laughs> I think That's it another way. <laughs> I think it happens in the house always wins. Doesn't someone over here like where their car is or what their escape plan is? Is the house always wins. Yeah. Yep, they just need to stop talking. I think, or maybe the writers need to stop doing that. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a little more fair. <laughs> Do something else, writers. You've you've beaten this one. Yes, <laughs> this horse is dead. This horse is dead. <laughs> I've got gross demon mouth. <laughs> yeah, that guy was weird. It was gross. And then I have Connor's going to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> Something you've probably said before. Okay, good. <laughs> then I have something better not happen between Cordy and Connor. And I have was his hand on her boob. <laughs> oh man, that was so <laughs> creeper boy. It just it. I can't remember the lead in. I'm sure is it Angel talking to someone? He's like glad that she's with Connor. It like made him feel better. And he's like, I'm sure he'll take care of her. And then the next shot is her (laughs) sleeping. (laughs) I mean, really? That's just really creepy to be just groping a non girlfriend or (laughs) someone (laughs) you do not have that kind of relationship with while they're sleeping. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know. I was at least relieved to find out he was 18. Because I was still going with, like, 16. So, here's a funny detail. I Apparently, they say 16 when he first comes back. There's some conversation where he's stated as being 16. And then they, just because of this, apparently... <laughs> Or well, I, something. I they... think Holt says it. I think in the I think when Holtz gets the newspaper and sees that it's only been a few days, I think he says something like, "It's it was sixteen years for us, hmm. and just a few days here." So they added two years. Yeah, probably because of the Ed Cordy stuff. I mean, yeah, probably. But that's not. Yeah. Plan your show out better. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Joss? <laughs> no, my final notes. Poor Lauren. So much crap happens to him. <laughs> I wrote, stop hurting Lauren. Exclamation <laughs> point. Oh, he really... Wolferman Hart comes and sucks that Although, out of his... Yeah. I do have to criticize Lauren for one thing. Okay. He's, he says, Book of Revelations, and it's Book of Revelation. And I know it sounds pedantic, but if you go on Jeopardy and you write Revelations, Alex is going to say you're wrong. Alex is going to say really? you're wrong. So don't go on Jeopardy and say Revelations. You'll be wrong. Good tip for Lauren. 
That's a good tip for all of us. Yeah, for everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was, my note is being pretty pissed at Angel for not telling Cordy the full truth when they're on the patio. I thought that was the time to tell her. <laughs> yeah, but that's sure a lot to tell someone who has amnesia. Is that the one that think the time when she thinks she's a spy? Yes. It's, I, it was just that moment in TV where the person's not being totally honest and you know that it's going to be a mistake later. Mm-hmm. That that's the moment that they need to be honest. Because that's the moment that's really going to put it over the edge when the revelation comes later. Yeah, but I... You're saying revelation, not revelation. I did. Did you notice? <laughs> revelation. <laughs> Alex and I are very proud of you. I don't know, but I get why he didn't. I mean, you could ease her in at that point a little bit. I don't know. I suppose. I was glad that he was honest with her about how they felt towards each other and that he didn't like take advantage of that and say like, Oh yeah, we were in love. True. Good on you, Angel. Yeah. So he scored there. He could have easily had, you know, swung it his way. I was confused at the end of that episode, why she stayed with gropey McCann's. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that would have been a fine time for her to move back into her room yeah she seemed to kind of come to grips with everything the hotel's a more comfortable place cordy's into that it's a little more posh i didn't see a real compelling reason at that point for her not to move back into her old place room place i just i just think she's mad and doesn't want to see angel I would have tried to get my apartment back. Yeah. Because I bet she could. <laughs> Has it been that long since they moved her stuff out? Yeah, and oh, I think Dennis. all she'd need to do is talk to Dennis. He'd drive out the next day. There you go. <laughs> exactly. He'd love Cordy back. <laughs> we don't know that the next tenant isn't even better than Cordy. I mean, think about all the time she wasn't there. I think Dennis was in love with Cordy. That'd be like Cordelia who? Oh, yeah. His new person. No. He, she, she wasn't hotter than Cordy. Dennis liked her. He did. They had moments. <laughs> I did. But I'm just saying his new the new tenant, uh, we'll say her name is Sheila. Mm-hmm. Sheila's, Sheila's kind of a shut-in, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they play a lot of board games. Hmm. So. <laughs> That's true. Cordy spends a lot of her time at the hotel. Right. So she does. He, he crushed on Cordelia, but she's like unattainable. Mm. You, you can get with Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a chance. <laughs> Dennis can find love. <laughs> Spinoff show. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Single vampire dad gets a roommate, and who's a ghost, and then they try and spin off the ghost. But it only goes a season. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost roommate, it, it doesn't go anywhere. You can't see the lead actor. 
<laughs> Something they did not was, think out. It was very hard enough. to promote that show when you can't say, there's your star. Right. <laughs> lots of people looking at billboards going, I don't get it. I don't see it. Why is there no one in this show? It's just a house. I'm not, I'm not getting it. You did the whole episode. It was just chairs moving and you know <laughs> this this was WGN's worst mistake ever <laughs> Hail some, executive, some executive somewhere I don't know what made us think we can he could carry his own show <laughs> he was great as a side character the, the title a is vampire dad title is that like nobody's home <laughs> or <laughs> Who's that knocking? Who's, who's that? <laughs> who's that knocking? <laughs> One thing you can say about who's that knocking? They had an awesome theme song. <laughs> it's by the same guy that wrote. Three's company. <laughs> Absolutely. Catchy little dude. <laughs> okay. So, Slough's Chain Towards Bethlehem. The title comes from... I'm just imagining a oh. dinner party episode. <laughs> and they all have, like, place names, you know, or name... Whatever they're called. Little placards with their names on them of where they're supposed to sit mm. and uh ghost roommate is moving all of them around <laughs> and people people go to the bathroom they come back and they're like oh wait i was sitting next to her but now it, my name's over there well that's weird i didn't see anybody do that it's not he's invisible he's a ghost but they don't know that was that the uh, the episode that determined that he could carry his own show? <laughs> <I guess so. laughs> he was brilliant in that one. It was such a farce. Because he was doing all these things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, <laughs> Slashing Towards Bethlehem comes from a... The last stanza of a W.B. Yeats poem called The Second Coming. He was an Irish poet. I think he was like Ireland's Robbie Burns. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so it's a modernist poem. It's supposedly it's talking about the decline of European civilization. Um, or the end of a cycle. Um Let's see. So it's a historical cycle of about 2,000 years, which he believed ended around when he was, when he wrote this, which was uh, 7, 19, 19. Um, so the stanza is, in what rough beast it's our come round at last slouches toward Bethlehem to be born. It says, according to some interpretations, the beast referred to the traditional ruling classes of Europe who were unable to protect the traditional culture of Europe from materialistic mass movements. The concluding lines refer to Yeats' belief that history was cyclical. 
and that his age represented the end of the cycle that began with the rise of Christianity. More optimistically, it could be that Yeats leaves open the possibility that each Christian soul holds within the opportunity to be reborn, as no existing rough beast can slouch for to be simply born. So, Lauren's the one that brings it up, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. When he sees the vision, he says, are you familiar? Does he say something like, are you familiar with the term slouching towards Bethlehem? Or No, not at all. What does he say? I can't remember the context of him saying, I remember him saying it to Angel. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember. Well, I think it's. Is it after Wolfenhart took the sucked his brain? No, I think it's after he reads Cordy. After he reads Cordy, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's not talking about what he saw. Right, right. That's in this episode, right? I think so. Yes. So he, what he saw rocked him really hard. He didn't even want to talk about it. But yeah, he does mention the slouching towards Bethlehem. I should have uh, probably. I'm trying to find it. Thought more about it from the episode and the context. You know, I thought about the fact that it's. <sighs> he says, "Come on, Lauren, you got to give me something." Do the words "slouching toward Bethlehem" ring about, or how about despair, torment, terror? And I'm not referring to Little Missy's choice of song either, although that was horrifying in its own right. <laughs> I saw it was jumbled. It was pieces, flashes. It was enough to make my skin crawl away and scamper under the bed. Evil is coming, Angel, and it's planning on staying. And then we cut to Wesley and Lila. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think he interprets it a little more literally. Right. Like a beast is in something. Like Satan is referred to as the beast or, you know. Yeah, I think we satisfyingly ended the slouching towards Bethlehem, which is kind of a... I don't think Lauren got the poem. (laughs) 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 If it was about European civilizations, he missed them. But it is a... You know, to be fair to Lauren, it's about the second coming. Which... Would be a little more beastie and saintly, which is <laughs> what he seemed to, Lauren seemed to think of it as. Beastie and saintly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> All right. So on to supersymmetry. Yeah, let's move on. I already stated it's number 88. Mm-hmm. 19. Boy, that's pretty low. Hopefully that means this is a good season. Because yeah. if there's only three worse than this, I can handle that. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I liked it okay. Yeah, I liked it too. I have some frustrations with Gunn, and that's my first note. I want to know... Why Gunn feels like he needs to understand Fred's field of expertise. I know. Okay, is that a thing? Your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, is learned in something, naturally good at it, went to school about it, 
and has a knack for it. You need to you need to know about it too? No, yeah. you don't. No. You don't need to be threatened. It's her thing. Just be she was proud of good her. at it mm-hmm. be long before she met you, you know. Yeah, and it's ludicrous to think you're expected to know all about it too, and if you don't, you feel insecure about it. That's right. Stupid. That's stupid. Now, I want to reference the the show Manhattan. That I, I don't know how you're editing this, and where that what we've been watching is going to fall in anything. But there was It'll a be- scene in, in an episode that was just like this, where the husband wrote a physics paper or a chemistry paper. I think it was a physics paper, but the wife never read it, and she's she. She always wanted to, so she's going to sit down. She's going to read it, and he's like, you don't have to read that. She's like, no, no, I want to read that, and I think it ended the same way. Let's just have sexy times. (laughs) Oh, I'll read it. I'll read this later. (laughs) I think it was like the same scene. (laughs) Did the writers watch Angel? (laughs) I'm wondering. That's just dumb. I mean, unless you're – you yourself is also a scientist. Yes, that's the only way it works. You know? He was a physicist too. But um no, he was a street kid. <laughs> yeah. He's got other expertise that Fred doesn't need to know. That's okay, guys. I know. You can be individuals. Uh, yeah. That's, you can. And you don't yeah. need to be threatened. You should be proud. You know, if Exactly. For an example, my husband's a nurse. If He's going to go on to get his master's. If he's speaking at a lecture about nursing, you know, ahead three or five years from now, and I went to it, I don't understand it. Boo-hoo, who cares? You think I'm going to be like, oh, I think I need to leave Rob because he knows about nursing. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling so threatened. It's so stupid. <laughs> On the other hand, if I did like a Buffy lecture, no, it'd have to be more like Radiohead. I'd know more about that. <laughs> if I did a Radiohead lecture. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get out of that come back, space. Come back to his app. <laughs> so what would, gun, what would Guns, like, what, what would he write about? Would he write an article on how to like trick your truck out with weapons? Yeah, living on the streets. <laughs> living on the streets. He's been doing it since he was 12. Mm. <laughs> I think one reason why he feels threatened is because he knows that Wesley would understand it. That could be. If that's the case, that's okay. That's sort of like an but underlying... Wesley is out of the picture. I think he... I, I think Gunn partially feels that his relationship with Fred is not right the way that we feel it. And this is just a reminder that maybe you guys aren't compatible. Yeah. And if he was more adjusted, then yeah, he would be just like, "Good for you, honey, that you read you wrote this paper." I'm not going to read it because I'm not going to understand it, but I'm very proud of you. But because he has this thing in the back of his head saying you're not right for her. Yeah, that that could be where the insecurity lies. You know, I can see that he probably. I don't know. I don't want to like profile gun i do know about his background somewhat to be able to say with pretty good authority that he didn't finish high school well if he's been fighting vampires and living on the streets since he was 12 it's pretty safe to say oh yeah 12 i don't think that's stereotyping him or profiling him yeah 
So you I know. guess I could see. Um, well, there's also that my partner is so much smarter than me. And some people don't like that. I guess, but that bugs me too. That bugs me too. Because that should be something that you love about him. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not like she's in your face about it. No, she isn't at all. No, she read the paper in secret. And Angel didn't even know she was into physics again, you know? So it's not like she was lording it all over anybody. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Did she write the paper, like, on their trip to Vegas or back from Vegas? (laughs) (laughs) Those are details that are none of our business. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of shushed that she had a paper published in a journal. <laughs> Is this an old paper she wrote <laughs> that she found? It must have been when uh, Angel was at the bottom of the ocean. They had a lot of downtime. That's true. That's, yeah. Well, they, yeah. I just, I don't think... Gun needs to be so insecure, but maybe he just is an insecure person, but he doesn't seem like he is. But, you know, he and Fred held down the fort for three months alone with Connor. Mm-hmm. He does have that. Yeah. It's not like he, and he's, you know, in these three episodes, he's just like boo-hooing. He's all useless. And it's like, you know, you are a good fighter. Everyone knows you are. I don't know. He's, it's bugging me. It's getting under my skin. It's getting under my skin as well. And it just, it was, before even Wesley came on the scene, he's already kind of seeming insecure. Yes, I agree. Yeah, But yeah, I can see having Wesley in the picture and going to her thing and everything being kind of threatening yeah yeah threatening for sure but then wesley had a good point you know are you that insecure about your relationship that's funny you know yeah i like that i liked it when wesley said that yeah my first note is cordy's always stealing the covers from connor gross gross Yep. And then I have, is Wesley reading Fred's article? And I'm like, he's totally going to rejoin the gang. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd i say be. it seems to be leaning more towards that way. It seems to be. Than him being the head of Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he was going to be a head of Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> <laughs> you said he'd work for them. Work for him. As a consultant. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was getting kind of bored with the episode, so I wrote down, so something's going to happen during Fred's speech, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's 30 minutes of physics. (laughs) I know, I know. It's like, we get to hear her whole speech. speech. (laughs) And I'll be threatened because we don't get it. <laughs> then I just I just wrote down stupid Lila. <laughs> yeah, I wrote um well, I just I feel like you just 
Lila, you can't expect Wesley to be free in the middle of the day just because you are. <laughs> yeah. Just seemed a little petulant about it. And he's like, it's the middle of the day. Maybe he is always free. <laughs> She's used to that. But Maybe. he seems to do stuff. He has his little gang of yeah. demon hunters. Well, and so why did she show up at the... Was she just following Wesley to see where he was going? Yeah, at that point, she was just stalking him. She's She seems to like him a lot. And he seems to still be kind of... Uh, did she see his what he was reading and that it was written by Fred Burkle? I think so. Yeah, she picked it up and looked at it. And so, uh, yeah, she totally was just stalking him. Because <laughs> she's jealous because she likes him. I liked it when Angel ripped the convertible top off. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy wall riding Fred is back. <laughs> yeah. I liked when Lila said, oh, did something happen to Gidget? <laughs> <laughs> so you think Lila knows that Wesley kind of had a thing for Fred? Oh, yeah. She's oh. always known that. Has she? Yeah. And have Wesley and Fred look good together. Hmm. And then my next note is, I just threw up a little. That was the Gordian Connor kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have asked Connor to bring some proper bedding. Along with the pictures. And the few- <laughs> she's like, set it up. She's all proud of how well she set up the apartment. And you look at the bed and it just looks gross. Oh, so it's like gross. like a mattress and an old, like, boy comforter. <laughs> <laughs> Like what he just found on the street. <laughs> <laughs> he covered her. He just like took off a homeless man. Yes, onto a mattress that he got out of like some flea infested <laughs> dumpster. Yes, <laughs> that was the blanket Buffy pulled out of the garbage to give to the warm guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that bad, but it just, uh, it just, she's, you know, putting little things on the surfaces, being all proud of the apartment. <laughs> I look at them sitting on that bed and I'm like, uh, I would have asked him to bring some proper bedding from that hotel. <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole laundry room of sheets. Yeah. Mothballs and stuff, probably. Or, yeah. Full of moths. Yeah, moths. There were no mothballs, which is why they're moth holes. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. All I know is every time I see a bed in the hotel, they look nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just thought it was gross when Connor comes up behind her and puts his arms around her. I was like, oh. He thinks they're an item. <laughs> yes, that was after the kiss. Uh-huh. Why did she kiss it back anyway? I don't know. I know she's like lost her memory and everything, but weird. And I, 
And I know she's not like that much older than him. Probably what five years. She's probably what twenty three, twenty four. Well, she was eighteen probably when she moved. And then, are we to believe it's been three years? Yeah, so she's only like 21, 22-ish, maybe. I do know that when they started Angel, she just kind of said, I'm sick of, I don't want to play a teenager still. So I think they put something that they want us to just shush in, that she's supposed to be older. Yeah, because, I don't know. She didn't want to play that age, because the actress was a lot older than 18. Yeah, yeah. She was like mid-20s. Right. I don't know. It just even, yeah. Even though in the show she's really not that much older than him, and he's really supposed to be sixteen, but they had it a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, because I was still going with sixteen. I don't know. It just looked like a mom kissing her son's friend, and it just gave me the no, the, for sure, the Wiggins. Oh boy. You know, <laughs> it was just gross. Yeah. Indeed. Yep, and then I have, holy crap, Gunn snapped his neck. <laughs> I didn't. I thought Gunn was just going to push him in. I didn't get the neck snapping first and then throw in. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear the ice? I, don't <laughs> I was going to say, is Rob getting ice? <laughs> it's the old Yeti cup of ice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've kind of talked it through. Yeah, I. We have. It seemed like he was a little weird about her. It was almost like it was a mercy killing because he was going in that hole either way. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Or it was just like a split second decision of, I'm going to kill her for him. You know? Kill him for her. Yeah, because she did have that crossbow or something. Right. He just, he was like, he, for whatever reason, his the actions, reasons for his actions is he wanted to be the one to kill to save, to save uh-huh. her from having from, that on her. Yeah. Because he felt like he'd lose her that way. Yeah, I don't know. I liked a nerdy guy, older nerdy guy, because <laughs> they were at a <laughs> at a physics conference. Right. <laughs> he just starts describing everybody when he's like recreating the scene at <laughs> the hotel. Nerdy guy, older nerdy guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. I kind of like that. How Angel set up those chairs and was trying to figure out like recreate. Yeah, it reminded me of House. <laughs> I have a feeling that some of those people were there because they heard that there'd be wine and cheese afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it was like an assignment for a class. Yeah, you'd get 15 <laughs> points credit <laughs> if you go attend the <laughs> physics conference. Absolutely. <laughs> and write a paper. <laughs> 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 I 
I I found it funny that um so Angel figures it out figures it out that it's the younger nerdy guy with the thwack shirt on and Gun's like I think I know where he is. <laughs> like there's only one comic book shop in LA, I guess. I know. That was <laughs> pretty shushy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless no. Gun goes to, the only way it'd work is if Gun goes to that comic store and has seen him before. And has seen him before, right. Or they figured it was a comic book store close to that building, that campus. That mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I I never would have put that together. Oh, he's got a comic scene on his shirt. He must work at a comic book. <laughs> Let's go, guys. Well, it's a little different now. Comics are a little more like, you know, they're movies, like comic book movies. Right. Back then, if you were a comic book store, you probably did work at a comic shop. That's true. That's true. That is a good point. Yes, it nerdiness has, has become way more mainstream since right. Angel aired. Yeah, he mentions Dark Horse, and I'd like to point out that they're the ones that put out the Angel comics. Hmm. I didn't know there were Angel comics too. Well, now you yep. know what you're reading for the next twenty years. <laughs> Are there a lot? <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. I'm just assuming. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't have much more to say on this one. I didn't. I wrote Dark Fred's comic book jargon is not working for me. I didn't like it when she was being the oh. guy and saying a few. I use the term comic book jargon, but you know, like bad guy lines mm. that are supposed to be clever. Yeah, she says something like, life's a bitch and I'm the one or something. Uh, yeah. I'm the bitch. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. Yeah, she did. A, she had a few of them. She had two or three of those and they were all pretty bad. I wrote down one of my favorite lines. They talk about me in the chatty rooms. That's right, Harold. I like that line. <laughs> in your face, Harold. <laughs> you guys are going to go to blows someday. <laughs> Arizona and Chicago meet. <laughs> and they have it out. <laughs> Boy, though, the end. I'm, I've never been known for being an Angel or Boreanis fan, but Come on, Cordy. Choosing Connor. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make much sense. Nope. It's probably just basically for the plot's sake. Yeah. Yeah, is this... Is this the one where she comes back and talks to him? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is, they have a pretty good moment at the end. But she does go back to Connor. Yeah, is this, it just seems weird. Why Why would you want to share a scroungy bed with an 18-year-old kid that you know was eight months old? <laughs> eight months ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she obviously does have a lot of 
distrust and questions about Angel, but I is it just because is this all still going back to the fact that he was straight with her and Angel wasn't? That seems like a pretty dumb It it really does like reasoning, you know. Yeah, it's it's a hard one for me to try and shush. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that all that Connor said to her was, I tried to kill you once or something. Yeah, yeah. So he, he hasn't told, oh wait, no, she does know that he's Angel's son, right? Um... Which is the episode that is it slouching where they're she tells them everything? Well, they tell her everything. I think so. And I think that's when she goes back. To okay. Connor. Okay. And I was like, what? And then in this one, let me see. Well, maybe she's running away from the truth. Like she, she doesn't want to know. So there's some part of her that's scared to, to know. So. She's trying to protect herself by staying with him, with Connor? Maybe. Okay, I'm looking at Wiki, and it says Cordelia arrives and asks him if the two of them were in love with each other. And that's how it ends. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I think Spin the Bottle opens with them talking about it. Yeah. Because my first note is the roundness. <laughs> so I'm talking about the ballet again. <laughs> <laughs> Unspin the bottle. Mm-hmm. My first note is: Did Lauren open up his nightclub in the hotel? <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready for spin the bottle? Yes. Um, this is rank number nine, and so this is a top ten episode in Angel. That doesn't the series. surprise me. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, he says, I'll just say what Joss said here. Said, writer-director Joss Whedon says this episode grew out of his desire to see Wesley return to the bumbling moron of the past. We were reminiscing about the days when he was a complete idiot, and so we thought <laughs> we wanted to see old-school Wesley, but also cool new-school Wesley. Whedon explains, Although the regression to a comedic figure contrasts his new, darker persona, Wesley still exhibits heroism during this episode, which is in line with the growth his character experienced over the past four years. Peggy Davis argues, let's see, I just don't want to do spoilers, (laughs) argues that Wesley can embody masculine heroism or feminine comic figure, but not both. Who's Peggy Davis? I don't know. Am I supposed to know who that is? (laughs) Says, however, in this episode, he demonstrates that his heroic masculinity allows for a comedic element as well. Female comic figure? (laughs) I don't know about that. That seems a little sexist. Masculine heroism or feminine comic figure. That seems (laughs) pretty shitty. Peggy Davis? We have a little... We have... <laughs> Maybe it's not in the right context. Maybe it. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. Perhaps. 
It says, in addition to bringing back classic Wesley, this episode also gives the opportunity to refresh viewers' memories of teenage bitch queen Cordelia, whose character changed dramatically during her time on Angel. It also, <laughs> I like this. So Whedon gave Lauren Spell the side effect of making the gang high to differentiate, differentiate this ep- this memory spell from a similar one used in the Buffy episode Tabula Rasa, readily admitting the spell itself is lazy writing meant only to set the plot in motion. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do lazy writing if you admit it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then it says the frame narrative established by Lauren in the nightclub was done to highlight the postmodern aspects of the episode, explains Whedon. The artificiality of the nightclub and Lauren's breaking of the fourth wall when he comments on the commercials that played during the act break provides a foreground for the alternate reality caused by the spell. And Whedon notes... Oop, nope, can't say that. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe after next episode? No, I can't even say that after next episode. Stuff is coming you may not know. Okay. Yeah, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Armageddon. (laughs) It truly is going to be Armageddon. (laughs) He and Gunn can have a uh, macho like face-off. He's the most insecure about themselves. Right. (laughs) We can throw them both off a cliff. (laughs) No, gun doesn't normally bug me. And I, I always resisted their romance, him and gun. But this time around, I've kind of embraced it. But they lost me a while ago. So I was good with it with this rewatch and then they and then they lost me yeah I'm not I'm not on board I like this episode better than Tabula Rasa because that one requires the characters to make leaps of not logic but they make assumptions about themselves and who they are which makes them seem kind of dumb like Anya finding um, a ticket and saying Oh, Giles, you're going to leave me. Well, saying that, oh, we're married. Right, right. Or Spike finds, like, inspected by Randy in his coat. Well, my name is Randy. It's, no. (laughs) (laughs) I like them both. (laughs) These are stupid conclusions to make. I know. I find this funnier. I love this one. I thought it was... I thought it was a lot of fun, and I needed to see Wesley this way. I... Cold, brooding Wesley is. He's been really getting to you. Yeah, it's, well, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think between both shows, I think Wesley's my favorite character. Hmm. He definitely has range of, uh, and an arc. Mhm. I just I mean I I like most of the characters, but I think if I had to pick a favorite between Buffy and Angel, I think Wesley's my favorite. Not surprising. No, and that kind of explains why 
some of the stuff that's been happening to him would affect you a lot. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters, but and it does affect. I man, my first time around, I remember just being so invested in what's going on with him and what's going to happen. I am. I just, I don't know. So it was just so fun to see just that bumbling watcher, you know, by the powers of the <laughs> <laughs> I miss them so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I knew this was coming, I was like really excited for you. I'm like, Sue needs this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm glad he's not that way in Angel, you know, that he kind of grew up a little bit or I don't know, whatever the term is. That he does have an arc. Yeah. But where he's at now this i don't know it's like depressing me yeah it's some dark stuff Mm-hmm. and it's sad i agree so this was a nice little yay i knew it wasn't gonna last but it was fun this is my favorite little fact i found out on wiki it says this episode took much longer to film due to the cast finding it difficult to stop laughing Amy Acker and Andy Hallett ruined dozens of takes by giggling. And Alexis Denisoff and David Boreanaz prolonged shooting for an hour and a half when they couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Says to get the scene, Denisoff explains he and Boreanaz resolved not to look at each other. On the DVD commentary, Whedon points out background shots where Boreanaz is still failing to keep a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to watch it again. (laughs) I got that. um, I read that halfway through the episode and it must be nearer to the beginning because I didn't see any points, but I was just watching both of their faces and you could, it was fun (laughs) to imagine that they, they had to prolong filming for an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long time. That is a long time. (laughs) They had the giggles so bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It just makes it so much more fun to me. After they do the spell and they're all woozy, uh, it kicks in with some fun kind of, I don't know, Indian music maybe? Yeah, it's totally Mm -hmm. like Indian music. And um, I guess a sitar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very trippy, very effective, and just a great touch it's one of the reasons why i like this episode so much is that it's it just nails little things like music the right the right track there made that scene so good yeah oh yeah i totally felt like i was watching a bunch of people that had just taken like mushrooms or lsd or something i don't quite get it oh I say that and Fred stroking the plant going, this is important. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I just, and maybe it was just lazy writing. I just don't get so that the spell sucked into all their mouths. Uh Lorne crawls away and is knocked out behind the desk, which needed to happen because he needed to be away for a while. Because he was weird looking. Mm-hmm. So right. they needed to discover him later. 
But what was going on that they were all like tripping out and then Cordy has some sort of frame of mind to burst the vase? Because was all that supposed to happen? What were, I don't get what went wrong. Was it Cordy bursting the vase? I think so. Did it start out wrong? Were they supposed to be trippy like that? I don't get it. That's not I, explained, but I don't... I mean, it's magic. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> I, was, I was a little confused, too, but I don't know. I thought it was fun to watch. Oh, it was great. You know? And it doesn't ruin it. It just... I'm wondering if there's someone that can clarify any of it for me. Yeah. Because... Because when Cordy steps on the vase thing, that's when they all snap out of their little drug-induced... Yeah, and Lauren's telling the story like, oh man, that spell, you know, it was supposed to be very straightforward, no side effects, and it all went wrong. Like, what exactly went wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Just shush. Okay. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when Lauren was saying, no way this can fail. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I thought, ha, who's who's Lauren's client? Willow? (laughs) Hey. Have you got any weed? (laughs) <laughs> I found that really surprising. Yeah, very Did we, strange. We didn't know this about her, right? Mm-mm. Okay. No. I just find it hard. I just, I don't know. No one else had any little surprises like that. Mm-mm. And her little conspiracy theory where she talks about the government taking teenagers and testing them or something. Mm-hmm. The wiki gives that as a reference to the upcoming Someday Cabin in the Woods. Oh. Like a really early <laughs> reference to it. Oh, how funny. <laughs> and Joss did write this. Uh, I doubt that's true. <laughs> you know, it could... Cabin in the Woods, I don't have any problem with thinking that that has been percolating in his brain for 20 years. But he didn't write that film. Yes, he did. I thought Drew Goddard wrote that, or did he just direct? Ah, that's a no. It was a Joss Whedon. Yeah, I think Joss wrote it and Drew directed it. Because I don't think Joss directed it. Hmm. No, he wrote it with Drew Goddard. So I don't know. I don't know who did most of the writing. I'm pretty sure I thought it was Joss Joss because he was the main writer. He talked about it on the Nerdist podcast. So, and it sounded like it was kind of a baby of his. Oh, yeah. And it it screams of him once you, you know, mm-hmm. it, it seems to really, it, it's not a stretch at all to me that that's him. He wrote that. That came from his brain. <laughs> Yeah, it says, according to to Goddard, that it was Whedon's idea. But he did write it with him. Okay, well. I I have a hard time thinking that Fred 
saying that this government conspiracy is linked to Cabin in the Woods. It's just <laughs> any other government conspiracy thing. Like, Well, unless we any of us get to go to a panel at Comic-Con. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Wiki stated it as a reference. Yeah, all Wiki. I know. So I think it's someone kind of stretching. I'm, I'm kind of with Matt. I... Mm-hmm. Unless there's a, a, like a link to a interview or something where he said I don't think there was but no cause no it Sometimes just seems I like... just think fans are like it's all connected yes yes they want to see yep if you I, I if you wanted it to be there you can find it you know but I can see him writing this that early seed just having that idea about a government you know right I could see it. Uh, Fred, Fred has a friend named Levon. My friend Levon. Is that the one that... <laughs> the government's always taking kids and experimenting on them. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> uh, it's very Texas. It is. It's very like... I don't even know. <laughs> I have a yeah. quote from Lauren. Pouty britches. <laughs> I can't remember. Who did he call pouty britches? I don't remember. I Was remember that. I think so. It's when he first walks in to the lobby. I think he had already approached Cordy and Angel about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So they they interrupt. It must have been like late at night because Fred and Gunn were in bed. Oh, that's right. And they come downstairs dressed and just kind of like, we don't want anything to do with portals. Right. Just <laughs> calls them pouty bridges. <laughs> Yeah, he says symbols on the floor. That always goes well or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Yep, and I had I have the quote. I had my throat cut and all my friends abandoned me. I bit zing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. I just love how he delivered it because mm-hmm. I love how Gunn's like, what does he say? Something like, what happened to you? Yeah, what uh, happened to you, man? Yeah, and he's just like, well, I had my throat slit, slit and all my friends abandoned me. It's like, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I have, ha, she's back to Sunnydale, Cordelia. This should be fun. Mm-hmm. I wrote down Princess Charles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I think... It. But I like when um, Wesley asks Gunn what school he attends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Cordy calls him Princess Charles and Buffy, doesn't she? She called him Princess Margaret. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> this time it was Princess Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it seemed kind of familiar. Not Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've got Sunnydale Watcher Wesley. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad Angel didn't do the Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, I think to the show for not bringing back Angel's accent. <laughs> well, they well, addressed it. 
they did, and I like how they have him kind of sitting off, and you can hear him like testing his voice, like he's wondering why he's not, yeah doesn't have the Irish accent. You keep saying English, big. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, it's always a good time when someone's dropped into a new century and they're dealing with modern things. <laughs> yeah. The tiny minstrels. Oh man! <laughs> yes, I like how he pokes it with a sword. <laughs> how did you stop the tiny men from singing? <laughs> After Angel says, "I'm not your friend, you English pig," Gunn says, "You you're Irish," and Cordelia says, "You don't sound Irish." <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be pretty cool if we could score some weed, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny weird yeah it's random but I uh, I don't know it's hilarious it's, it's funny that they did that yeah yeah. seems like they always want to surprise us a little with Fred mm-hmm. though I wonder what teenage Lauren would be like oh that would have been fun we were robbed of that yeah because they needed a straight man I guess he needed someone that knew what was going on. Yeah, so why didn't it affect Lauren that way? That's all I could say is that must be uh, part of the shushing. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> well, what if you said he crawled away? So That's true. Maybe when Cordy smashed and there was like a burst of light, he had he was uh oh, shielded okay. from it. I, yeah. We'll say that. Okay. That works for me. Well, I, that works in my head. I like that it took Wesley a month to grow his facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Wesley stuff was amazing. Oh, the karate moves. I have karate moves. Oh, it's so good to see Watch Your Wesley again. <laughs> Nobody move or touch my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he moves when that shoots out of his and then when he's trying to get it to go again he's doing like these little Spider-Man you know wrist flips and stuff Yep, I am a huge fan of Alexis Denisov's physical comedy oh he's He's great brilliant I wish he he had a bigger career like I feel like this guy is such a good actor why is he not in more stuff yeah, and he is very handsome. He is. He's good looking. He's a good actor. He can do. He's up there with like Dick Van Dyke when it comes to the yeah, like the body humor. The maybe. I mean, he's a family man, married to Allison, has got kids. I wonder if he just kind of took the back. To. Yeah, maybe, maybe he doesn't really want to. Yeah. Well, I don't care what he wants. I want. <laughs> we <laughs> want more Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not give up probe. They ought to remake some Dick Van Dyke something and have him play his part. Mhm. He could do the Mary Poppins probably better than Dick Van Dyke. He got a lot of crap for his Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have. I love this nondescript heavy metal they play in the Connor scenes. It's like, <laughs> he's mad. <laughs> it's just like this guitar going like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know? they, they made it a joke. They did it twice. Uh-huh. It, yeah. Yep. I thought that was hilarious. It was obviously not done seriously. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it, it worked on me. I like it when Angel goes into the bathroom and comes out. I'm invisible. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, him realizing he's a vampire. That was that was a lot of fun. I like it when Wesley pulls the cross out and gun punches him. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way he pulls it out. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how Fred like puts it over her whole body like it's one of those airport wand yeah. things. You know? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I know. It just scattered throughout my notes. I just have, I missed this, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I like that we got some Angelus, it seems. Yeah, the wiki pointed out that um, I, even being a Spike lover, I feel they pointed it out a little unfairly that <laughs> in Tabelu Raza, Spike, when he finds out he's a vampire, he continues on a good path. And when Angel does, he goes bad. Well, I wonder how much of that is them telling Angel that vampires are bad, and therefore he feels like he has to live up to that. Like, yeah, and I think he's bad. But he's and so- they, oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, they all figure it out by like punching him, and you know, and you can we've seen there's precedence for like punching a vampire and pissing him off and <laughs> making some sort of like inner something take hold evilness you know even angel who has a soul like you know he's i don't know buffy punched him to drink her blood when he didn't want to mm-hmm. right it was like some base instinct took over but didn't he say something like i don't want i don't want to hurt anyone or in this yeah Yes, and yeah, they did. That's, you know, there's a few reasons why I feel like it was a little unfairly that they compare him and Spike, even though I'm always on Spike's side. (laughs) (laughs) I can acknowledge that that's a little unfair. Yeah. It was different. Well, no, you know, he's... Spike was around all other bad vampires. You know, you really shouldn't pick favorites with your fictional vampire children. (laughs) <laughs> no, Spike gets to bed and Angel gets the couch. That's, that's not right. I'm going to report you to social services. You keep this stuff up. You could at least do like a blow up mattress. <laughs> There's, I, it's a nice couch. <laughs> it's a nice couch. It's one of those uh, big ones with the ottomans that attach. <laughs> Very comfortable. 
no vampire children. <laughs> no, I don't mama bear Angel too often, but this little stretch, this cordy stuff, yeah, brings it out in me. It's just so sad. Yeah, and I forgot to mention it when we were talking about, was anyone else, when she brought up like the sexual harassment stuff, that seemed kind of uncalled for. <laughs> when she's like, that could be a stalker. Maybe I was uh, giving you a, what is it? A restraining, a restraining order. order. <laughs> and he's like, you saying where it was. He's like, that's a pretty romantic restraining order. <laughs> that's a pretty romantic setting for a restraining order. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a little uncalled for. Yeah, I think she just, there's just an element of distrust was planted very early on for her coming yeah, back. And I guess so. She's just, I think she's, it didn't seem super serious to me. Yeah, but it, it's a little serious, but it kind of is. That's kind of, uh, if you're going to accuse someone of it, they better be doing it, you know. That's a bad thing to put on someone. That's true, but I could see Cordy not playing by those rules. Yeah. I guess so. The old anyway. Cordy. Or a little more of the old Cordy. I I did think it was funny when he burst into her room and she said that that is equally stalker or lover. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. So, so what did Cordy see at the end? You you were going to tell me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say that this and where we're on Buffy are two very pivotal episodes that kickstart the season. Hmm. It's going to not that it's been slow so far, but it's going to it's ramping up real quick. And maybe your questions will be answered. Cool. Not all of them soon, but some. I did like the fight, to get back to the episode, I forgot to mention this, I did like the Angel and Connor fight in, in the, the kitchens, kitchen. kitchens, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was one of my notes too, like this kitchen fight. Yep. Funny that he had no idea he was fighting his son. His son. <laughs> and he had daddy issues. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I guess I like just like seeing Connor thrown against like a refrigerator. That is always a good time. I think that's what I like the most. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad because he was a baby like eight months ago. But... <laughs> but he's so angsty and annoying. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank they need to do something with him. What where what do you think is going to happen with Connor? <sighs> do you have any idea or thoughts? <laughs> something he joins Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to happen cuz this this just it can't go on for 
the rest of the season and next season. So something's got to happen where Angel finally gains at least his trust. I mean, something Angel's got to like do something to turn Connor around a little bit. I don't I don't expect him to be like I love my dad, you know. But I don't know, just this pure hate of Angel is just really getting old, and it just seems really unfounded. I mean, I don't know. It seems like he's seen Angel do enough good things so far that he's got a... 17 years of poison. I know. I know. I mean, it's got to be difficult. He doesn't necessarily love his father and it's easier to be angry at him than to to love him it's like you take away the hate and the anger what does connor have left like right he's holding on to that because that's all he has and he's not ready to replace it with affection and i i get it and i don't expect there to necessarily be affection i'm just tired of this the Obvious. looks he gives that yeah just the hate and his little looks that he gives them and i don't know well you aren't the first <laughs> <laughs> something's got to happen <laughs> like i said i don't i don't expect him to be like i love you dad you know i'm fine if that never happens but this has got to stop. Where it's at, the the hate's got to stop. What about Cordy? That's the problem because I think. Well, I hope Angel and Cordy get together, and that's just going to be another <laughs> reason for Connor to hate Angel because <laughs> he thinks that he and Cordy are a thing. Gross. I know. What. Angel so, needs to take Connor on a trip. They need to go camping. They need a father-son bonding need, trip. They need to go fishing. They need to go... Uh, what would single vampire dad do? Take his kid to a hockey game. Hockey, aw. Philadelphia Flyers, of course. because the Little baby hockey sticks. Exactly, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, Boreanaz is the... a hockey guy, isn't he? Exactly. He's yeah. a Flyers guy. So, you know, part of the reason why Connor's miserable is he has no friends. He ha- he doesn't know this world. He hasn't seen anything good about this world. It, it's right. Like, it's like when the Amish kids go on Rumspringa. Right. <laughs> and where, where do they go? Do they go to the symphony, the museum? Do they see fine dining? Like anything, the theater, anything? No, they go hang out with loser teenager kids and do drugs and drink. And right. then they go back to their family and it's like, well, we saw the English world and it was miserable and full <laughs> of sin. Well, yeah, you did stupid things. <laughs> right. Go, exactly. Go see the beauty of the world. And Angel could, well, obviously he can't go out in the daytime. There's a big drawback there. But he could take him some places, show him things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not seeking after them. He's creating his own badness around him. Exactly. Because it could be there, but 
yeah, how much of that is his fault? I don't, I don't know why I want to play devil's advocate with Connor because I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that kid. Well, the, I mean, the thing is, is that if he's so desperate for a family and stuff, he's got one, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a father, and then Cordelia as a mother figure, and then. Mommy and daddy could even get together. I know. I mean, he's got a family right there. So what is he searching for? Is he thinking that someone's going to adopt him or something? Two things. One is gross to think of Cordelia's mommy figure when he's sleeping with her and kissing her. And second of all... Hey, I do a Bates Motel. (laughs) I do a a Bates Motel podcast. Don't tell me about creepy. Um... He might feel like he's betraying Holtz, too. Yeah. He's got issues. I have a hard time believing that Holtz was a real, like, affectionate father type thing, though. I mean, I don't know. I know that that's all he knew growing up and stuff, but... His dad just filled him full of hate. That's not a, that's not a dad. <laughs> I don't know. No, and it was in doing that in a, in a hell dimension. In an unspeakable hell dimension. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you're right. It's time for some character growth from Connor. There, it it's, really is. It's, this is getting the shtick's getting old. So right. Let's... I get it. You know. Let's find another mode for him to be in. Yeah, that's why I just think that something's gotta something's gotta happen because I just don't see them doing this for. And if they do, that's just I don't know how long did they let Don be just a whiny, annoying teenager? Too long. Seven. Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> how many seasons is she in? Three, five, six, Three seasons. <laughs> Ship ship Connor off to Sunnydale. Send him to military school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whip that whip that kid into shape. He'll come back with a crew cut and he'll be all Yes, sir. He would be, but he wouldn't be all warm and fuzzy, which is I think what we're looking for. I mean I'd I... even I would even take him going to work for Wolf and Moon Heart and them staying enemies, as long as it's just I don't know. This roaming the streets. <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> he saves one more stranger <laughs> in, underneath, underneath an overpass. And then uh, like, sneaking into the hotel room and stalking everybody. Yeah. 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 These are valid points is all I will say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, they're going to hate him on Potential Cast, a Redemption Cast. Oh, man. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, let's see. Any other specific predictions? Wesley, okay. Did you give her the titles for the upcoming ones? No. I guess we could do that. I just was thinking general things. Well, my predictions are... What did I say? That I... The thing that Cordy saw 
might have been Angel. And I did mention it in my notes. I I do think Wesley is going to rejoin the gang. Yep. You did say that. And what about Fred and Gunn? You know, I'm wondering if Gunn's going to be off the show kind of soon. Those two crazy kids aren't going to make it? No, I don't think so. Off the show walk off or off the show dies? There's two ways to leave a show. Yeah. Um, he falls off a dumpster into a pit of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tragic. I don't know. That's because I'm going with dies. Because I just I think what happened between in in the symmetry one. I think that's, I I think that was like the doom for Gunn. Hmm. And just the way he was in these episodes, just not feeling like he belongs. You know, maybe, I don't know. I just don't see him being on much longer, actually. Okay. A vampire runs him over with a truck. And says, <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> and then that would be a good way for for Wesley. Because I want Wesley to join the gang again. But the way he and Gunn are together, I don't want that. So I want Gunn to go. <laughs> 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 So I'll sacrifice Gun <laughs> so that Wesley can come back <laughs> and be with Fred and make cute babies. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even, I'd be okay if he and Fred didn't get together. I mean, I think they make a, them as a couple just makes more sense to me. But if that doesn't happen, I'm fine. I just want Wesley back. I like Wesley. I like Wesley, too. Okay. You get three episodes again. (laughs) The first one is my favorite title of any episode in the (laughs) Buffyverse. Okay. I think it's hilarious. It's called Apocalypse (laughs) Now-ish. Okay. (laughs) Just sounds so (laughs) angel-y. Or Cordelia-ish. Cordelia. <laughs> okay, Apocalypse Now-ish. Um, habeas Corpus. Corpses. H-A-B-E-A-S. C-O-R-P-S-E-S. Corpses. Okay. And then Long Day's Journey. Sounds like a walkabout. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Apocalypse now-ish. So this must be the... Like the demon coming or something. 
could be. Right. Yeah. That, it's got to be some sort of... They think it's the end of... The end of civilization. Apocalypse happening now-ish? Now-ish. Um... Yeah, that's a tough one because that's interesting. Someone says the apocalypse is happening soonish. No, nowish. <laughs> <laughs> soonish. No. It reminds me of Scout when she says dark pink. She calls it darkish pinkish. <laughs> <laughs> she has for years, and it always makes Rob and I chuckle. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like sounds like a heavy episode, but that's weird for what what is that episode 6? 7. We did tell you the angel seasons are structured a little different than Buffy ones. True. I have uh, no idea. What hobbyist corpus is. <laughs> I have no idea what that one is. I'm I'm interested to watch these. I remember Apocalypse Nowish. Well, habeas corpus, isn't that when you feel like you're being like wrongfully imprisoned or something? You can Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you can file habeas corpus. Yes, it's being like unlawfully detained. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So maybe we have some corpses unlawfully detained. <laughs> <laughs> um, long day's journey I actually don't know what that one is either I need to watch these yeah I'm going to put that as a Connor I have a suspicion of what it is Connor goes on a vision quest yes Connor goes on a walkabout <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Finds himself in decides he is being a little douchey, <laughs> <laughs> being a little angsty douchebag. He stops by a stream and looks at his reflection and says, yes. "You, sir, are a douche." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, he has some sort of and changes. Yeah, like maybe he has a really bad day out in the streets of L.A. and has some sort of epiphany that the family that he's seeking is right in front of him. Type thing. Yep, I'm going with that. Oh, no, that's the musical episode where all that's... the songs are by Journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Sounds glee-ish. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sweet. All right. Cool. Well, good fun, everybody. Yep. Thanks for being on, Matt. Thanks for having it's me. Fun as always. I'll see yep. you next season, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you want to come on, come on. If there's an episode you want to discuss with us. Anytime. Cool. And we will 
we will discuss further seeing a vampire dad and his exploits <laughs> <laughs> and possible more spinoffs that did work. <laughs> there were a couple. I'm pretty sure. Remember his neighbor, the werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> There's some rich material there. For a <laughs> so, all right. At least a couple of failed pilots. Yes. <laughs> didn't get picked up. Some that were never seen. <laughs> right on. Cool. cool. All right. I'm tired. I am too. We have a little more Walking Dead to discuss. Okay, oh, so. Enjoy that. I'm going to yeah. skedaddle. We will All right. Let you All go right. for that. Don't get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> You give your hand to me And then you say hello And I can hardly speak My heart is beating so And anyone could tell You think you know me well But you don't know me No, you don't know the one Dreams of you at night And longs to kiss your lips And longs to hold you tight To you I'm just a friend That's all I've ever been But you don't know me You don't know me For I never knew art of making love Though my heart ached with love for you Afraid and shy I let my chance go by The chance you might have loved me too You give your hand to me And then you say goodbye I watch you walk away Beside the lucky guy To never, never know The one who loves you so No, you don't know me Say goodbye 
watch you walk away beside the lucky guy to never, never know the one who loves you so. No, you don't know me. We did get a couple of feedbacks. Yeah, we did. Oh, we didn't get any cats, Crypt. No Boo, cat. cat. Boo on you, cat. Future cat. <laughs> My Sundays are not as complicated. <laughs> Mormons are busy people. <laughs> and that is not the three hours on Sunday is not all. There's other stuff throughout the week. We're, we're busy bees. Yep. I'm usually nursing Saturday night's hangover. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm good by two. <laughs> Sunday's my sleeping in day. Yeah, Sunday's kind of our lounge in day. Then we do laundry for the week and stuff. I get to sleep in too. Church is until one right now. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I used to love one o'clock church. Except I have Bip and kids. Mm. <laughs> kids are the kiss of death for sleeping in. <laughs> okay. So, Sue, when you're watching Angel now and, you, and the titles come up, do you sing to yourself, Angel's a vampire who has a soul <laughs> and he's glad to see ya? Sometimes I sing it on my way to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to say, maybe she hasn't heard it enough because we who have listened to Resumption Cast I has know. heard it over and over and over. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Matt Humphrey, who's uh, my co-host on Hooplecast, he mm -hmm. recorded a version of that where at the end it goes, stick with this show, it gets much better, trust me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I only had to hear it that one time. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, oh, Matt, you. Mm -hmm. I have to track down Psycho 4 because oh. I want to watch that and then so I can listen to your episode about that. I'm going to add that. I'm going to add that to my library list. Yes. <laughs> and I better pick it up, otherwise they find me. Yeah, they else. find you at your library. <laughs> Yours isn't run by a bunch of Mormons. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, they don't have it. They only have the uh, original. Well. That's stupid. Well, I'll, I have my ways. <laughs> Harold was stymied there. We had to send him a copy. <laughs> Which we do for you. <laughs> I have Psycho 3. Well, I was going to say, Kat borrowed my copy. I could have her send it to you when she's done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out. Okay. Well, if, if you, you have... can't figure it out, we are. Let us know. We can send it to you. Well, we All have right. ways. <laughs> we want everyone to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yep. So... Do you want to? That's mm -hmm. more what the vibe I get than. Riley's back. 
I'm just trying to think of the worst thing imaginable. Well, also, you just can't tell me that Glenn's leg isn't, oh, like, yeah. out yeah. from under him and that his no. leg's going to get bit no, or a boy, finger. Oh, dead. well, you were gone. <laughs> you so. were gone for a while. <laughs> we <laughs> thought, we don't know how long he'll be gone. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I rebooted. I fixed myself a snack, which I've been wanting to do, but I didn't want to leave the conversation, so I made myself a snack. We made use of our time, too. <laughs> yeah, because we were going to do a little Walking Dead talk after we finished and... We were going to let you bow out. <laughs> the last thing I remember is that we were trying to think about what was slouching toward Bethlehem. And I said, Riley's back. And then you <laughs> both went silent. <laughs> I was afraid it was because I shocked you in, in horror. <laughs> turned out, turns out my internet went out. You're like, hello, is this on? <laughs> like, oh, wow. One step too far. <laughs> we would have been shocked in horror. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, podcasting is an interesting thing. So I don't know. Yeah, it is. I I definitely had a turnaround on Buffy. I kind of made fun of it the first couple seasons. Well, and you had every right and, to. <laughs> and I was like reluctant and like, all right, I'll watch the next couple, you know. <laughs> and now I'm like, when can I watch the next couple? <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to talk about these so I can watch the next 